Welcome to Business Beyond Usual. My name is Preston Hill, and we are recording live from the Ross School of Business once again. I'm here today with my co-hosts Eileen Enright and David Amarim. And today we're going to be chatting about time management and balancing your life as an MBA student together with an amazing panel. Before we get started, we wanted to encourage you to get in touch. We always love engaging with our listeners and we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message at bbupodcast at umich.edu. That's bbupodcast at umich.edu. Follow us on Instagram at Ross underscore BBU. That's at Ross underscore BBU. And feel free to send us a DM as well. Ask us questions, suggest episode topics, or just say, hey, we'll spend some time at the beginning of each show reading some of your messages and answering any questions you have. On that note, we wanted to share a note that we recently received from one of our listeners. This is what he said. Hello to the BBU team. Just wanted to reach out and say how awesome I think the podcast is. I've probably listened to every episode in the history of BBU over this past summer, LOL. I'm not a student at Ross yet, but I'm working on submitting my application for the full-time MBA program this fall. I have to say, all the content on the podcast has given me so much inspiration and motivation to put the best application in and to have Michigan be my target school. I might have to leave out that I'm an MSU Spartan, though. LOL. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for putting on great content, and I'm looking forward to listening to the future episodes, as well as eventually being a part of the podcast one day. Sincerely, Omar Sharif. Thanks for sharing, Omar. We really appreciate you listening and sharing your experience with the podcast. That's great. Thanks, David. Uh, so now that we've done a little bit of an intro, we want to transition and have our guests uh, introduce themselves. So... Um, we're going to be for our co-host and our panelist. Uh, if you could tell us your name, hometown, pre-Ross career, post-Ross plans, and then the best part of the new school year. So David, I'm going to start with you and then we'll pass it around. Sounds good. So my name is David Amarim. My hometown is Sao Paulo, Brazil. It's where I was born and raised. Uh, before Ross, I was doing operations consulting in Brazil. My post-Ross plans is to work in strategy consulting. Uh, that's what I'm recruiting for. But in my heart, I really want to try to pivot into gaming. Uh, the best part of the new school year has been absolutely meeting all of the amazing people uh, in this school. Awesome. Eileen? My name is Eileen Enright, and I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, before Ross, I had a career in the impact sector, ranging from the Peace Corps to the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program. And after Ross, I will be going into strategy consulting. Um, as an MBA, too, the best part of the school year has sort of just been the vibe shift that comes with that. I think it's so much less anxiety-inducing, and it feels um, just like really exciting and fun to be here. And I've just been enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah, definitely double click on the uh, not re-recruiting uh, move. That's yeah. that's huge. Joy, do you want to go next? Yeah. Um, my name is Joy James. I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York, but most folks think I'm from Detroit because I claim it so much. I, before Ross, I was working in philanthropy and social impact. And post-Ross, I'll join the theme. I will be going into strategy consulting, um, and I'm really passionate about DEI. The best part of the new school year has definitely been the buzz on campus, the range of events that are happening. There's always something to do and people to meet. Awesome. And I'll bring us home. Uh, I'm Preston Hill. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Originally, prior to Ross, I was working at a digital marketing and tech company doing a little bit of operations as well as product management. But post-Ross, I will be pivoting into CPG brand management and heading to Frito-Lay, uh, which I'm very excited about. And I would say best part of the new school year, uh, I'm a huge college football fan. So Michigan off to a hot start. It's been a lot of fun, but also to just the general atmosphere in Ann Arbor. 
on game day uh, is a lot of fun to be a part of. Go blue. Um, Well, thanks, everyone. So now we want to transition to talking about our first topic, time management. So we all know that MBA programs were going to be busy and challenging before we arrived. No surprises there. But did anything surprise you about those challenges that you weren't expecting? Well, I'll have to say, and maybe this won't make sense immediately, but Everybody told me it was going to be like this, yet I was still surprised that it was exactly like people (laughs) told me. I feel the same Uh, way. Yeah, the MBA is incredibly busy. Um, Since day one, I felt like I have to juggle all the different aspects of life from academics to recruiting to social life. And I feel all of those are equally important, um, but over time, importance tends to shift. And so to me, it's been a matter of trying to determine when I need to shift that importance. I, I definitely agree in that uh, the warning signs about the busyness of, of MBA life were there, and I was still like, it won't be that bad. Um, but it is busy and challenging in a great way. I think the biggest surprise for me was really around how to continue balancing kind of the life admin part of, you know, business school. I, I am a dog mom, so how I'm making sure that she's getting walked and, and exercised, but also making sure that I'm keeping up with my dentist appointments and, and all of those important things while also balancing the rigmarole that is recruitment and professional life and academics here um, were definitely things I didn't think wholly through. So I think that's the, the biggest thing that surprised me is how to make sure that I'm keeping up with my personal life in the midst of all of the things that are growing here at Ross. Yeah, I would say, I would echo a lot of what you said too, Joy. Like uh, my wife and I also have a dog. So a lot of just making sure like, hey, who's going to be home to walk the dog? But also I think too, coming in, I remember thinking, it's like, I'm going to treat this like a nine to five. Like I'm going to go in, like work a normal kind of work schedule, come home and I'll have like my nights will be free, uh, which has not necessarily been the case. I think that's been the biggest transition or biggest surprise is it's not, I think, like quite as intense in terms of time-wise as like it was an undergrad where I was, you know, staying up till midnight or 1 a.m. to do work. Like it's not to that extent, but it very much feels like the time you get up, it's like there's always things to do, always like group meetings or things like recording an episode of BBU or, you know, whatever it may be and, and fun things too. Um, but yeah, just a very busy, busy calendar for sure. Yeah, I also was under the delusion that I'd be able to get everything done within the hours of nine to five. Um, <laughs> I learned that one. I think for me, though, the thing that surprised me is um, so much of the time management that comes with your social life. Like, I am a mega extrovert. I love doing all the things, <laughs> being with people, being in large groups, getting one-on-one dinners. All of that really, um, like, makes me happy and, and fills up my emotional cup or whatever it is. But um, I found that the overload of that in an MBA program far surpassed what I have ever experienced in my life. And this thing, which is the social interaction that I normally really love, I learned that I really needed to set balance and limits so that it didn't um, become a stressful part of my life. Mm -hmm. And that was an adjustment for me because, again, as a mega extrovert, I've never had to do that before. And um, it's been a journey figuring out how to calibrate like what level of social interaction and fun is optimal for for my own life. I would say as a self-proclaimed introvert as well, I definitely feel that just on the opposite side of things of very much like I need time to kind of like be by myself and recharge and things like that. So it's kind of finding that balance of making sure that obviously like want to be social and want to, you know, build relationships and things like that, but also to knowing that like sometimes I need to say no to things to uh it's <laughs> just to be it by my like my best self. So awesome. Well, I guess moving into 
the next question. This is, you know, particularly kind of on like time management. So how have you all thought about prioritizing your time amongst the various demands you have on your schedule? Do you have certain non-negotiables in your weekly schedule that you will not cut regardless? And if something does have to get cut from your schedule or something has to get deprioritized, what is generally the first thing to go for you? Um, Joy, I'll start with you. I think for me, when it really comes to prioritizing my time, whether it be within a week or, you know, throughout this MBA experience, it really is for me around what do I feel like my purpose is in this space or what do I feel like I want to bring to a space? And so prior to coming to business school, I made my my list of three and it's always iterative, but my list of three, like what is the core thing I want to get out of this experience? And as I'm thinking about my time throughout the week, does it really touch on these three core things? So for me, a lot of that is like DEI, um, so diversity, equity, inclusion, um, also social life, especially amongst our Black, Indigenous, and people of color communities, and really making sure that I'm prioritizing my life and wellness around that. So I think for me, it really is is making sure that I have time built out on my calendar. So I, a lot of folks see like, you have huge blocks in the morning and the afternoon. Can we meet? I'm like, no, we cannot <laughs> meet. Um, I wake up, I have 7.30 to 9 blocked off for just wellness, and I try not to touch my computer before then. And then same in the evening, it's like after 11.30, I try my best not to touch my computer again. Um, in terms of non-negotiables, I think it truly is getting time with my dog. <laughs> I think that's like, and, and of course she has a schedule, so it's easy for me to be like, no, I need to go home and walk my dog. I'm um, sure that's non-negotiable for your dog. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. exactly. It, yeah. Um, and you could feel it sometimes when I get home. And, and you, I'm sure you know, Preston, yeah, the yeah. stare that you might get or, or ignored for the entire day. Um, <laughs> so I think for me, that's... That, that's the biggest thing that's a non-negotiable. And if, and if I would think about, you know, the things that generally get cut first for me might be, you know, there are levels to club interactions and engagement. So you can be like a significant contributor. I'm co-president of BBSA here at Ross. Um, or you can be kind of like a passive member. And sometimes I look at these events and I'm like, is this truly something that I need to be doing um, this week? Or is this something that I can contribute to later on and just communicate that? Yeah, I would love as, as a quick follow-up, Joy, too. You mentioned that you have kind of time booked in the morning on your calendar just for wellness. You're not touching your computer or anything like that. If you don't mind me asking, like, what are some of the things that you do, some of the practices you do during that time to maintain, like, that personal wellness? Yeah, so I typically... I'm walking my dog at some portion in that space, but also I, I try to listen to podcasts and um, funny enough, uh, and typically <laughs> I do try to listen to podcasts that bring me a lot of joy outside of my professional life. So I like to listen to podcasts that are like really comedy focused or pop culture focused. And that's kind of how I get my news for the day. So starting my day with like laughs or like I typically have little dance parties with myself in the morning <laughs> to just get pumped up for the day. Um, and then I'll just like sit and maybe think about what I have to do for the day, but not get started. Because oftentimes we try to go straight into getting our day started that we're not truly thinking about what do I need today personally to be able to be as efficient as possible and, and move through that. Um, and then always get a meal in before the day starts. We all know that yeah. it's so busy <laughs> um, throughout the day and it's really important to start the day with a meal um, because you may have classes that run a little bit later in the middle of the day. And so it's really important to just start the day off with, with that energy. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, David, I'll go to you. Well, I don't think I have much to add. Um, and this has been great for me because as a MBA one, I really need this wisdom. I think on the point of prioritizing time, in my experience, I, fall A has really been the time for me to learn the best ways for me to manage my own time, see what the priorities are for me. 
so that down the line, you know, uh, in fall B and winter A, winter B next year, I have that set. And I know, you know what's important and, and how to manage my time. As a non-negotiable in my life, um, I guess as an example, I really enjoy working out, obviously for the health benefits, but also um, for my own personal you know, mental wellness. The things that are non-negotiable for me, I try to make it as easy as possible uh, for me. And so I used to walk to the intramural um, facility. That's about a 10-minute walk. Mm-hmm. But that quickly... You know, the 10 minute walk up and then back and then there's just a lot of people over there. I noticed uh, I hadn't been going to the gym that often because of those reasons. So I actually signed up to the fitness center here at Ross, you know, so it's not free, but I just prepare my gym bag the day before and I haven't missed a since. And, you know, just little changes, um, I think, really make it easier for us to uh, just not give up those things that are non-negotiable for us. Yeah, that's awesome. Eileen? My non-negotiable is sleep. Um, I definitely <laughs> learned this lesson the hard one. way last year. Oh, I love sleep. Um, I think especially when you're an MBA one, there are all of these different things and they're telling you that like every single one of them is a top priority. And I know that obviously it's impossible for like 15 things to be the number one priority, but <laughs> it feels like how do I actually know which one out of these 15 or which three out of these 15 are the priority? So I felt like I was just trying to do everything because I didn't know how to calibrate. And at that point, I didn't know what was important. And I would find myself, you know, trying to work until like 2 a.m. to keep up with my case prep and do all of the readings for my classes and do a good job on my assignments and make sure I was going to all the clubs. And when you start losing sleep like that, you get sick really easily. Your brain does not work as well the next day. So the efficiency and like creativity that that you can apply to your work or your interviews or your classes or your social interactions is just diminished. And so I really started realizing that even though I was trying to do my best, what would actually set me up for success more than any of those other things was trying to get eight hours of sleep a night. And so now if I'm working on an assignment or doing something for a a club, doing my readings, honestly, if it hits like 11 p.m., I'm like, listen, I'm a firm believer in actually like trying to get the most out of classes and doing the readings. But after that point, it's sort of my drop dead point where I'm like, all right, I have done more than enough at this point. I'm going to stop and I'm going to go to sleep. And that is what's going to prepare me for academic success tomorrow. Yeah, I would definitely would echo the sleep piece. That is, that's crucial. Um, I would say for me, I think one of the things that I found is particularly if you have classic early in the morning. So uh, we've, I think everyone here has probably had an 8 a.m. at one point <laughs> or another, uh, which is early, particularly as it's a little bit darker, a little bit colder as the year goes on. But I, I think that's one thing for me I noticed, like if I can try to get my to-do list knocked out, just kind of put pen to paper in terms of the things that I want to get done for the day. I feel like I just feel a lot more kind of together. And when I've found when the day kind of gets on and I'm just kind of knocking things out as they pop up, I just feel a little bit more scattered and I don't feel like I'm really focused in terms of like what needs to get done for today versus like what's a nice to have for today. And being able to kind of draw those lines, I think is a lot easier for me if I can kind of as early in the morning as possible, just be thinking through what needs to happen that day. I think one of the the hidden things they don't tell you about MBA life is that the true lesson that you get with this degree is how to prioritize. Yeah. Um you truly to to what you were sharing Eileen is that you can't 
prioritize all 15 things in one day, but you can begin to thinking about what are the goals that I'm trying to bring to my life? What are the value adds that I have for an organization or academics and things like that and, and how to prioritize? So cheat code to MBA life is the true <laughs> lesson is how to prioritize amongst all of the things because you truly can't do everything at once. Joy, that's such a good point. And on the flip side to that, does anyone have any myths about time management that they had heard or believed prior to coming to Ross that have been uh, myth busted since they got here? I think in terms of myths for me is that it has to be perfect all of the time. I mean, it's, and for me, if I don't wake up on my 7.30 block, then I've thrown off my entire week and, and things like that. And I, I think the biggest myth is you need to give yourself grace when figuring out your time management structure and, and how you want to move and it'll ebb and flow and change. And so I think the myth I would like to bust either here right now or um, that has been busted throughout this process is to give myself grace um, in the time management process and figuring out what that what that looks like for me because it doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't need to look the same from week to week um, because our schedules are so different. Yeah, no, I love that. I would say I think my biggest myth I believe is that I would be able to get everything done. Uh, that you know I would every day just be crossing off that last thing on the to do list and then just like have the rest of my evening kind of like what I mentioned earlier. I've not found that to be the case. So I think very much like to Joy's point, it's an art of prioritization. And I think asking yourself, what am I looking to get out of this? But also to understanding, you know, are other people depending on me for certain things? So if it's a group assignment or a group project, it's like, I need to make sure that I'm doing my part and pulling my weight. Because if I don't, that puts other people in a really, you know, tight position. So I say that's one thing. It, it very much is learning to be okay with not getting everything done and being able to say, this can wait till tomorrow. Yeah, if I think about it, I think there is one myth is that, you know, I had heard, oh, the MBA is going to be a two-year smooth sailing vacation. (laughs) (laughs) And it is not a vacation. I mean, it's definitely a different lifestyle from, you know, working full-time. It's a different vibe. You have, um, you do have more time, I think, for other things that maybe you didn't have time when you were working full-time. But I mean, it's an intense experience with academics, with everything you have to do with recruiting, with the social aspect of it, which I think is, is a super important part of this experience. I mean, you're, you're working, you're working hard, you know, every day. And I think that's the right thing because, at, at least for me personally, when I was thinking about um, getting an MBA, I talked to other people also that told me how the MBA was a transformational experience for them, a transformational journey. And I think with any kind of transformation, that takes work. And so, I mean, it's been a wild ride so far. It's been an amazingly fun ride so far, but we, we do have to put an effort in to make the best out of it. That's what I found. Yeah, David, I'm so glad you verbalized that because that was pretty jarring for me last year about people being like, oh yeah, it's just a party. Your classes are going to be super easy. And then I'm sitting in some of these classes and they're challenging for me. And I was like working hard and still struggling. And it made me feel like, oh, am I just stupid if other people are like (laughs) partying all day and still getting straight A's? Like what's wrong with me? And I think that it's, I I realized once I talked to more people that that's just a myth. It's not that I was stupid. It's just a myth. But I think for me that the myth that I think of is what I hear a lot is the analogy of an MBA is like a a triangle where you have your social life, you have school, and you have recruiting, and you can pick two of those. Mm -hmm. And if that analogy is, is helpful for some people from a prioritization lens, like that's fine. But for me, 
I have not found that to be true. I've found that you can have all three. You just need to accept that, like, varying levels of mediocrity. (laughs) (laughs) And, And what that looks like to me is, like, trying to embody the idea that of kind of like being a a B student in some ways. Like this is something that I think for so many of us is so hard given our our background of academic achievement and not knowing what it's like to just do um, what gets the job done and not having to go the extra mile on every single thing you do. And so that's kind of been what I've tried to embody is like those three things, social, school, and recruiting are like what we come to an MBA for. And I don't want to miss out on any of those, but I just do need to acknowledge that at varying times, some of them are going to be like less quality than others. And that's okay. Yeah. I think the shifting among the three, I think it is a massive thing that I had to learn. And so you're not just having to pick two and then you're stuck with that. I think it's kind of thinking through, there's going to be certain weeks where it might be really recruiting heavy. And so you have to really kind of put your emphasis there, or we've got finals coming up in about a week or so here at Ross. And so you know, maybe you shift a little bit more into the academic side of things. But understanding it really is kind of a balancing act and being comfortable, I guess, being able to kind of juggle those things and and kind of think about them in a, a longer time horizon and not just being solely focused on one or two all the time. No, and I just wanted to reinforce what has been said um, here a couple of times that it's okay not to be perfect. In fact, I think perfect isn't even real. No one is perfect. Nothing is perfect. And I think just giving our best effort um, at any given day is what's expected. And that's okay. To add one more twist to this, one thing I'm curious in your thoughts on. I remember when I was applying and you know listening to some of the um, welcome events. Some people asked about having paid jobs during school, and sort of the the party line seemed to be like discourage people from that, so that you can focus on you know those three: recruiting, school, and social. And my reaction to that was kind of like, that sounds great, but I need money too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm yeah. wondering, has anyone here? had a paid job and how has that gone? What How has that influenced your balance? Yeah, I'd love to bust this myth. I do currently work um, while here at school. Um, I think it really is important to think about how you might integrate paid work with your MBA life. Um, so for me, I was able to, you know, network with faculty and, and intern with a faculty-led organization. I am paid to do that each week, but I think for me, it was really important for me to talk to them about what my hours would be um, each week and that they would ebb and flow and that my schedule changes based on my Ross life and make sure that they truly understood that. I think because it's so integrated with the MBA life and that I met them through Ross, they're more understanding of that. So I would just, you know, caution people to think about um, that part of things. But I, I will say, because it's so integrated, I feel like I'm able to learn things, you know, a day before and then next day I'm using them in my work life. In terms of the balancing act of it all, it is difficult. You know, you take that triangle and now it's a square, right, with paid work um, added to it of the social professional academic and now work life. But it is worth it to me, to your point. I think financials were something that I was concerned about coming into school. So for me, it was kind of a non-negotiable that I did need to work um, while at school. It is possible, but I think it's much easier if you're integrating it into your your MBA life and um, and that the company understands that you are a student first. But it, I will say uh, it's worked out for me. Yeah, I would say I recently this year became a career development office peer coach. So that's a part-time job. You're helping MBA ones through the recruiting process, so you're doing um, what we call fact group meetings once a week, but also doing resume reviews, interview prep, etc. So I'm also working this year, but I also know a good amount of MBA twos in particular who extended their internships into the school year. So they're working 
similarly kind of part-time during the school year, but still working for those organizations. Uh, and I think, I think it's busy, like to Joy's point, it's definitely busy, but uh, very much doable. I'm in the same boat. Um, I worked last year. I stayed on with my prior employer and worked as a contractor for them. And then this year, I'm a grad student instructor. So I'm um, teaching an undergrad course. Um, it's all about sports, which is quite fun. But I found that, yeah, in addition to helping rein in some of the money anxiety by having a, a paycheck come in, this was just so helpful for me from a recruiting and academic standpoint to be able to integrate the things that I was learning. And I feel like, just like Joy mentioned, I use that all the time. And even when I was doing interviews last year, and I could talk about how I was applying what I had learned in classes to my current job that came off as really like impressive. And I'm glad that I had that opportunity. Well, I don't work and I don't think I plan on working during my MBA. Um, I don't think I know a lot of people that work, but I mean, I will say that, uh, and maybe this is a, a direct result of me being in fall A and I feel like I have so much stuff to do and not enough hours in the day, but I've worked as a translator in the past. And so every once in a while, um, you know, a gig or a job will come to me online and I'll do that every once in a while. It's not very time intensive, but, you know, extra gas money coming in and that's helpful. But at least for now, um, I think for me personally, it would be very difficult to try and fit that in. But that's my own experience. David, you bring up such a good point that I think everyone... No matter where you are in life or what you're doing is, is important to think about, but definitely an MBA. We all have some secret talent, right? There's someone who's incredible at Excel or, you know, makes amazing mugs on the side, you know, things like that, that I think we should be able to leverage while here. You know, if you're a person that's amazing at Excel, there's most likely a small business that could use your support. Um, so I think it's also important to think about like how there are structured, maybe like more formal settings of paid work, but you can also do things that um, you can control a little bit more with your schedule based on a talent that you may have. And then it's also, you know, a little bit of getting out of the, the MBA bubble sometimes of like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do this, this thing that's a little bit separate. Absolutely. Thank you. So here's another question. We've all talked about how we have so much stuff in our plate. And also, if everything is a priority, nothing is a priority, right? With that in mind, what are some tools that you have, some balancing hacks that you can share that helps you just organize everything that you have? I'm addicted to G Suite, Google Suite. Um, so my Google <laughs> Calendar in particular um, I actually, side note, I met a woman at a bachelorette party a few months ago who she's an engineer for Google Calendar. And during this bachelorette <laughs> oh, party, we like sat in a corner for two hours where I was like, let me tell you about my user experience <laughs> and the features that I would like you to build <laughs> for me. I love Google Calendar. Um, anyway, my hack for this is that um, because we all have access to each other's Google calendars, lots of times people will just put something on your calendar when they see that you have a gap, which on the one hand is really nice. It's convenient and it, it minimizes the admin task that goes into like the email. Are you free at this time? No, are you free at this time? It's great. But the problem is that... Um, you, they don't necessarily know some of the logistics behind why you have certain blocks. So what I've ended up doing is blocking out extra on my calendar for transition time, for time that I need to be chill, so that someone, if someone wants to just put something in my calendar, um, they're not accidentally putting it in a place where I had marked out, okay, I need 10 minutes to walk to this building, or I need to take a quick phone call, something like that. And that ended up being really helpful and made it so I wasn't sacrificing um, that really important time on my calendar. 
I, I can't agree more with the calendar hacks. I think if you if you look at my calendar color coding, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but also, I think for me, one big calendar hack is I have not, or I try not to have full hour-long meetings. I will always schedule a meeting for 45 minutes or 55 minutes. And I just try to think about like, we all have been the person that has back-to-back-to-back meetings. We haven't been able to stop and grab a snack or or grab water and things like that. And so I try to build in time for myself and other people. And if you run over a 45-minute meeting, you most likely still have maybe 10 minutes before you need to get to your next start of the hour. So that's, that's one thing I try to do. Um, and then also, I use a priority quadrant. So to uh, press in your point, earlier thinking about how you can't do everything possibly on your to-do list, but the priority quadrant breaks it up into urgent and important, important and urgent, which is different, and then different um, facets of that. And it helps me break my to-do list down into everything on my urgent and important most likely has to be done today. But if I don't get to my important and urgent, it's fine. <laughs> but if I do, then I did an extra thing today and, and it's something to celebrate. So I think breaking down your priorities in terms of urgency is extremely important. And a to-do list can be daunting sometimes in that. So those are my 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 hacks. That is awesome. I don't think I've ever heard of priority quadrant before, but that is a super useful tool, it sounds like, to your point of being able to quantify, okay, is this important? And isn't urgent. And then how do those intersect? That's great. That's just peak MBA too. You're going to be a great <laughs> consultant. <laughs> Is that from Seven Habits? I believe so. Originally, yeah, I, I had a boss um, a couple of years ago who we would priority quadrant any and everything. Um, and I kind of fell off of it uh, in the past couple of weeks. And then I felt myself getting a little anxious earlier this week. And I pulled out the priority quadrant and I'm just glowing. I could like <laughs> skip around Ross right now. Listen, Joy, I need to call up my bachelorette party contact and ask her to add in a priority quadrant integration into G Suite. That would change my life. You have no idea how much that would change my life. Because <laughs> then yeah. you can add calendar invitations. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Google recruiters listen to this right now. <laughs> yes. This is what we want. Yeah, seriously, a lot of free user feedback here for you. So there you go. And let me plug this in. I think Ross is great in helping you sync everything you have to do on Google yes. Calendar. I was not expecting that, but there's an option. It's like, hey, you're on campus groups, right? Or your your classes. And there's an option for you to sync everything to your Google Calendar. So everything's already there for you. And that has been so helpful. And I'm actually a recent uh, Google Calendar. So thank you. Hi, my name is David. Um, And yeah, and I've just recently started to put in my own personal things there to just block off time. Mm -hmm. And for some magical reason, that just helps me like actually go out and do those Mm -hmm. things. Yes. In close to the time that I, you know, put in the calendar. But anyway, super, super helpful. One last thing I would just add, and, and this is a hack I've learned from my, my fellow Rossers, is having an admin day at least every other week. So this is a day, you know, like I said earlier, it's sometimes hard to, you know, you're running to class, you're trying to call and make that appointment, and you're on hold and you don't have the time, all of those things. And I think, you know, grab a friend, grab an accountability buddy and say, hey, let's just go to a coffee shop and have an admin day. You cannot touch anything academic or professional. This is purely for life and and what you need. And it's really fun sometimes. It's also a great way to catch up with your accountability partner. And um, admin days have, have been a new way of life for me. That sounds lit. Hit me up. Yes. Admin day. Admin <laughs> day. Yes. Can you send me that invite? I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, really great discussion, everyone. Um, Let's pause briefly and hear from one of today's sponsors. 
Cycling Club at Ross is calling all cyclists to join the premier biking event of the season, the annual trip to the Dexter Cider Mill. Held this year on October 30th from 2 to 5 p.m., it's the perfect fall event with fresh donuts and delicious cider at the mill. The ride is about 20 miles round trip and will start and end at Ross. Helmets are required and the mill only accepts cash, though they do have an ATM. RSVP on campus groups and join our Slack channel so you don't miss a thing. We can't wait to ride with you to the mill on October 30th. Let's move on to our second segment of today's episode, which is discussing wellness and balancing life as an MBA. And once again, this is great for me because as an MBA one, I need all the wisdom (laughs) I can get from this table. So here's a first question. So we've all heard the analogy, and I think we've mentioned this here today, that the MBA experience has three legs, academic, professional recruiting, and social, but that you can only have two and therefore can't do it all. So have you seen this to be true? They can't do everything at once. Also, how have you sought to balance yourself across all these three areas? I would say for me, and I think I mentioned this earlier, but I think just to reiterate, I think very much viewing it as like, yes, there are these three different things and to say, you know, your priorities are going to shift time to time. And I think I'm definitely one of those people that sometimes can struggle to adjust if plans change last minute or something like that. Uh, so that's been a growth opportunity for me. But uh, I think to say, you know what? In a given week, I might spend a lot of time on recruiting and like, and that's okay. And I think to not beat myself up over maybe not being as social or not putting as much time in my academics that week because I just didn't have time. I'm saying very much kind of viewing it as you're going to be kind of shifting back and forth. But I also think too, and this is going back to, I think, a lot of things we talked about in the first segment uh, of knowing what your priorities are. And I think, you know, you might not be able to do every possible thing, but I think if you know what you want to get out of the experience and you know what you want to give back to the community and give back to the experience, I think you can not necessarily have it all, but I think you can have a really fulfilling experience and make sure that you're hitting on the things and spending your time where you really want to be spending it. I think all the thing I'll add to that is, I mean, you can organize and plan across right a semester or even a week, but when you're thinking about the the day-to-day or even hour-to-hour things that you have to do, I mean, something that I found is that, you know, I can't multitask. Like, and I think there have been studies that said that nobody can, but I mean, I'm no exception to that. Like, I cannot multitask. And so, Something that I've been trying to get better at is if I'm going to do something, that's all I'm going to do right now. I'm going to focus on this. I'm not going to do anything else. That has really helped me to just kind of churn things out and get my to-do you know, list done. Uh, and so that's something that I really think about. It's like if I'm trying to do multiple things at the same time, I have to say, okay, do I need to be doing all this at the same time? What's the most important thing? Like what's due next or what's the most important this week? And that's what I focus on right then. Cool. Um, that's great. So Uh, Next question for the group, and this is kind of getting particularly into kind of balance and wellness in particular, but what are some habits, practices, or things of that nature that you've incorporated into your daily routines to help bring that balance and wellness to your daily life? Um, Joy, I'll start with you. Movement is extremely important, um, especially if, you know, as an MBA too, I'm not in as many classes now, but um, on those longer days when you may be sitting in class all day or in the winter garden or enter any other raw space, um, it's really important to just get up and move um, and get outside, especially right now while it's it's really nice. But even when it snows, I'm always outside with my dog um, and getting some movement in. And I think that could look like 
you know, taking a walk during your break in your 10 minute break for class, getting outside with your friends and, and making sure that's a priority. But I try to incorporate yoga at least once a week into my routine. I've talked about my walks with my dog and I invite all of my friends. You all will be on the next invitation um, um, to join me. But definitely getting movement in, dance party in my mirror, all of those things are extremely important to, to my day. Um, so mine would be when I need quiet space going outside of the Ross building. Um, as much as I, I actually really do like the Ross building and it's really great for seeing people and doing collaborative group work, when you need heads down time, I find that it can be a sensory overload to be here because it's so much open space, it's loud, it's crowded. And um, I actually went here for undergrad, so I'm quite familiar with a lot of secret study spaces. So I'm going to give you my hacks here. Um, the stacks of the Hatcher graduate library, basement of North Quad, LSNA building. These are all places where if I don't have a meeting with someone, I actually leave the Ross building and I feel that I am able to more calmly and in a more focused way get done what I need to get done so that when I am back here, I have the energy and time to focus on those more collaborative projects. Yeah, I would say one of the things that I have uh, in my personal life, I think tried to incorporate more recently is I think I noticed that I pretty much the time that I was waking up until I was going to bed, I was just always consuming things. So whether that was, you know, reading for a class or listening to a podcast or just like scrolling on my phone. And I think one of the things that I'm trying to do a better job of is at least like once a day, just like taking time to say, I'm not going to have the headphones in, like maybe I go to walk the dog and just for like 15 or 20 minutes, I'm just going to be kind of alone with like myself and my thoughts. And I think just to say, I'm not going to be consuming things. I'm going to be kind of processing and kind of thinking through and working through things and still very much early on in that process. But I think it's definitely, I think, helped me to, I think, slow down a little bit. I think enjoy the day and I think be kind of reflect on the things that I'm excited about or grateful for. And I think just be a little bit more intentional about how I'm actually spending my time. Something that helps me, and again, I'm not perfect at this and that's okay, but I try to do a personal weekly planning session every week. Usually on Sundays, I look at my week the following week, uh, see what are the most important things and then try and put in um, other activities that I want to get done and also personal time and try to fit that in, use my Google calendar for that. Um, and that, you know, there's that saying that, you know, you can you can make a plan and then the universe will laugh at you and nothing's going to go according to plan. But I think the act of planning in and of itself just helps you you know, sort through your priorities and maybe things will change and shift. Actually, they probably will during the week, but at least um, it helps me uh, ensure that I get the most important things done in the week. So that helps. So going off of that, I mean, we've all just talked about a lot of really great hacks that are awesome. We all know that the reality, though, is that even the most organized, prioritizing queen is going to face stress. That is just part of the MBA experience. Um, it, it is somewhat unavoidable. So I'm wondering when y'all have been in those experiences, how have you managed that and, um, you know, prioritized your mental health? I will definitely uh, kick this off. For those who find it appropriate, I, I'm very vocal about, I, I love my therapist and, and therapy. Um, and so that's, that's one way, uh, you know, I've been able to really manage my mental health is just making sure that I carve out time to keep up with that routine. I also have affirmation cards that I try to pull daily. So making sure that I'm affirming myself every morning and reminding myself why I'm here um, and the, the value add that I have as well. 
I would say one thing for me uh, has very much, I think, being okay with saying like it's okay to not be okay, and I think just to to name it and say I'm I'm stressed or I'm overwhelmed, um, and I think to recognize that before I let it build up and build up until I eventually just kind of lose it. And so I think that's one thing of of recognizing kind of when it's coming on and kind of saying okay, like I think I'm I'm heading down this path of getting overly stressed. Uh, I need to like put everything down and go, you know, I need to like step away. I need to go outside for a little bit or I just need to do something that's going to get my mind off of this and then I can come back and kind of figure it out and, you know, if I need to cut things or whatever it may be to figure that out. And I think too, like being okay with vocalizing that to to friends or group project members, whatever it may be to say, hey guys, like I, I'm really busy this week. I'm, I'm kind of stressed. I don't know if I can, you know, pull my weight as much like right now, but I can make it up later or, you know, whatever it may be. And I think um, there's real power in that for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, talking about our mental well-being, I think there are certain non-negotiables there for me. You know, I mentioned working out. I mean, there are the health benefits, but also, you know, the mental health benefits. And it's just, it's my own personal time, just kind of, I, I put in my my earphones, listen to my hard rock, and I'm just there, you know, just focusing on my workout, um, shutting everything out. And that's a very special, even, you know, maybe a sacred time of my day. I think another thing is I have hobbies and I try to practice them you know, and I try to make time, not find the time, but make time to do the things that I like. Um, Because, you know, there's so much stuff that's important stuff in the NBA that you have to get done. But, you know, I'm a gaming nerd. I love playing video games and I don't have as much time as I did before. But, you know, every couple of days I try to make some time, you know, maybe 30 minutes, I'm going to play a couple games. Um, And that really helps. And sometimes I do that at the end of the day. Sometimes I do that in the middle of the day just to kind of transition between things, you know, just kind of reset my brain. And then I'm ready, more focused, more energized for the next thing that needs to get done. I love that. Um, I also echo Joy's point about therapy. I think that's incredibly helpful. So much of what we talk about in an MBA program is it's about really transforming your life, Um, thinking about your relationships, what you want out of life, where you see yourself going, what your role will be in your family. As exciting as that is, it's also like kind of trippy (laughs) from a mental (laughs) perspective. And it's a lot to go through at once in a very um, intense time of your life. And I think that's a really um, constructive place to think about that and process it. And I found that seeing a therapist last year was just a really additive experience to many of the things that I was, you know, also working on in other parts of my life. The other thing I will say too, is I think part of the stress that I experienced as an MBA um, was just feeling like I, I couldn't really be my true self in a lot of spaces. And particularly when it comes to recruiting and, you know, you're saying your odyssey and you're talking about how you're so passionate about um, whatever it is that this company does. (laughs) 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 And that's that's fine. But I really did find that doing that um, over and over again took a toll on my mental health. And because it felt like I was acting and that becomes exhausting. And so when I felt like I could make those friends where I could be genuine and we can talk about like what we really think, what we really wanted of life, what we really wanted of that experience. That for me was so restorative to have that, that realness where, um, you know, you don't need to put on the most girl boss version of yourself. You can talk about where you're really at right now. 
That definitely resonates. And I think it also speaks to just leaning on your community. I used to be that type of person that didn't like to ask for help or accept help. And now if someone says, you know, I I see you have a busier week. Am I able to, you know, walk your dog for you one of these days? I'm always like, that would actually be extremely helpful. You know, although that's my one thing I typically like to do, if it's impossible for me to do and I'm trying to, you know, run home and then run back to Ross, then I'd rather just accept the help and and have the time and be stress-free. So I think a big thing that I had to, to unlearn is the feeling like I needed to be the person to do everything. But it actually is, it's a community and, and a village here at Ross. And I think accepting that help from your friends or accepting help from your family is an extremely part of the process. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, I think last question that we have um, is we want to talk a little bit about advice. Um, so the question would be is like, what would be one piece of advice that you would have for a prospective MBA student uh, regarding wellness and finding balance during their time uh, in an MBA program, but specifically here at Ross? Um, David, I'll start with you. Wow. Well, I feel like I'm still learning how to do this. <laughs> but um, one piece of advice that I would give is don't try to find the time for the things that are most important to you. Make the time. I think that is one thing that I've been learning more. Um, because if you just try to find the time, you won't find it. Because mm-hmm. there's so many different things competing for your time. And you need to jump in <laughs> and, and grab the time that you have. Because you don't have enough hours of the day for everything you need to do. So... So pull up your Google Calendar and just make the time for the things that you need to do. I would say, you know, to, to David's point, make the time to prioritize you within the week. So whether that looks like adding time within your calendar to just sit with yourself and reflect on how the past few weeks have been going. I think reflection is so incredibly important um, to understand how you want to move forward. So um, make the time for you. Make the time to reflect on what you want to get out of this. Um, and all of it will will truly come together. I would say my biggest piece of advice would be uh, being okay with saying no to things. I think that, as we've mentioned, uh, there's always a million things going on, and they're all great. And I think truly, like if you look at the entire kind of major event calendar here at Ross that lists out every kind of major club event, outside speakers, et cetera, that are coming through, I mean, it, it literally is impossible to do everything. And so uh, learning to say no, I think just for your own sake and kind of setting those boundaries, but also to, I think, learning to say no, but I'm also like and choosing other things. Like I think for me, I, I'm definitely one of those people who can get a little bit of FOMO uh, if I know a lot of stuff is going on that I'm just not able to make. But I think instead of saying, hey, I'm just not going to do this, it's saying, I'm not going to do this because I'm choosing, like, I'm going to walk home and, you know, call my parents and just check on them, see how they're doing. Or I'm going to walk the dog or spend time with my wife, whatever it may be. I think saying, I'm saying no to this, but I'm actually choosing something else um, that I know will be restorative and that will be helpful for me to kind of maintain that balance throughout the busyness of, of MBA life. I agree with all of you, and I'll just close on one thing that I learned recently. Um, We all have heard of FOMO, fear of missing out, but there's also JOMO, which is joy of missing out. I love JOMO. No pun intended. JOMO is actually pressing what you were just talking about. It's like when you don't do something and you actually feel really happy about that because you just get to have that time to do whatever it is that, you know, was a priority for you. And I think that's really... um, important to have. And I think one thing that I struggled with when I first came here is I felt like I had to go to everything because if I didn't go to things, people would notice that I was gone and then I wouldn't be perceived as like a a fun person who likes to do Mm -hmm. the things. And what I eventually realized is it's like, 
no one's sitting there with a little attendance tracker being like, ah, did I, would I lean here at this? Like so no one, true. no one goes to skeeps and then was like, oh, I noticed that I lean wasn't here this week. Um, everyone is so bogged down in the million things that they have to do and their own little personal crises that no one is sitting here taking attendance about me. So lean into the Jomo. You can do it. If Jomo would bring you like more joy than going to something, then do the Jomo. That's amazing. I must remember that. I did not know that was a didn't know that was a thing, but I love that. Joy, I know you are as our VP of Wellness on the NBA Council. I know that there's also some resources here at Ross, and that's really an emphasis of our community. Can you share a little bit more about that? Yes, there are a number of resources here at Ross, whether it be support groups, counseling services. There are a number of. Um, different events that go on. And one that is a huge part of the Ross community is Wellness Week. Um, This year will be October 31st through November 4th. And we're really excited to bring some dynamic partners here to Ross um, and some dynamic programming, yoga, um, cycling, some fun raffles, and of course, the annual step challenge, which is very competitive (laughs) um, each year. So we're really excited to bring that to Ross again this year and hope that we continue to cultivate the resources that Rossers and, and students need. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Well, I think we are going to go ahead and wrap up the discussion, but we do have one more sponsorship message that we wanted to share, uh, which is brought to you by the Partners Club at Ross. Halloween is right around the corner and no one is more excited about that than our Ross kids. This is a time treasured Ross tradition open to anyone in the Ross full-time, part-time, executive, or online programs. Join Partners and Littles, also known as PALS, the Partners Club at Ross, and the NBA program office for NBA Kids Halloween on Wednesday, October 26th from 4.30 to 7 p.m. Bring your family to Ross in a costume to trick-or-treat around the Winter Garden. After trick-or-treating, a pizza party with games and crafts will be held in the Tauber Colloquium. Faculty, staff, and NBA student clubs slash sections will hand out candy and other treats. Hope to see you and your little monsters there. To wrap things up, thank you to our guest, Joy James, for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts on a couple of very important topics to MBA students. Business Beyond Usual is brought to you by the Ross School of Business at the University of Michigan. Today's episode was produced by David Amarim, Preston Hill, and myself, Eileen Enright. Executive producers of BBU are Bob Needham, Thomas DeClerc, Michaela Terrell, Preston Hill, and Eugenia Collins. Thanks to Jonah Brockman, who did our editing today. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, go blue. And this is Business Beyond Usual. 